Hi there and a very warm welcome as every Friday to Bergers Now. Well, this reaches you at the end of a rather, let's just say, tumultuous week. Um, lots going on in the banking sector, especially in the last week where we were following quite intense headlines. And who better to take a look at that with me than our CIO, Till Christian Budelmann. Hi, Till. Hi, Aurelia. Super glad to see you, really. I wish it was on a more, say, joyous occasion, but I'm excited to get your insights. Can you start with just kind of getting us up to speed? What has happened? Yeah, it's always a pleasure to be part of this format. And yeah, I think it's safe to say that the hopes for more stability proved to be a little early mm -hmm. as financial markets remain stuck in crisis mode. Uh, we all remember the COVID crisis and that was followed uh, almost immediately by the resurgence of inflation, the war in Ukraine and the energy crisis. But since the beginning of the fourth quarter of last year, a certain stabilization trend seemed to be established. The energy crisis turned out to be less serious than expected. Inflation rates were decreasing again by not as much as had been hoped for, but okay. And uh, economic data in the US and Europe were somewhat better than expected. Mm -hmm. But after a good start to the year, risk assets, especially certain segments, have since been thrown into turmoil again. The collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and the Signature Bank in the United States and the emergency rescue of the struggling Swiss bank Credit Suisse by the much larger and more stable UBS, which became necessary over the weekend, have unleashed serious volatility in capital markets. At least in the US, quick action by the US Federal Reserve, the Fed, and other government agencies averted a bank run, but the Swiss solution accompanied by the government and central bank was of course yeah, quite the headline on Sunday evening. Yeah. And while the further course of development remains hard to predict, we do not expect a massive global escalation of the current banking crisis at this time. Till, so let me sort of hook into that a little bit because of course we are recording this in Zurich we are a Swiss bank and not just because it's our home here and it's sort of happening on home turf but I think it's just really the news of the moment can we go back to the emergency rescue of Credit Suisse of CS by UBS I think that there's lots to say of course but can you give us a bit of your I don't know, assessments at this time. It's it's five days ago now. Is that true? It happened on Sunday. We're recording this on Thursday. So we've got a bit of a, you know, time span between what happened and now. How do you see this? Can you give us a bit of your take on, on, on the situation? Of course, it's it's complicated. Yeah. And you must allow me then a medium length monologue now, uh, Aurelia. <laughs> I welcome it. Okay. Yeah, let me start by, by saying that the takeover of CS by UBS is the most significant bank merger in the whole of Europe since yeah, the global financial crisis mm -hmm. 15 years ago. And the deal creates a true banking giant. The UBS has more than 72,000 employees globally, while CS has just over 50,000 employees. And UBS reported a profit of just over 7 billion Swiss francs in 2022, while CS, on the other hand, reported a loss of over 7 billion Swiss francs. So lots of people, lots of money involved, obviously. Yeah. 
and the various players, especially the Swiss government, were under considerable pressure to stabilize the situation and mm -hmm. support mm -hmm. CS. And CS had recently suffered from a significant loss of investor confidence, which appeared irreversible over the weekend. And a crash of the bank would also have caused a global shock. CS is, or better was, one of the world's largest asset managers mm. and was one of the 30 systemically relevant banks worldwide. And this solution must be described as an emergency rescue, which was also the original statement of the chairman of UBS on Sunday night. Yeah. And a rapid stabilizing solution was simply needed at this point. And the authorities had to take measures to avert serious damage to the Swiss, but also international financial markets. And this was also roughly more or less the quote from FINMA on Sunday night. And in this situation, the state and the supervisory authorities had to focus on preventing a disaster. Mm. And CS clients can now breathe a sigh of relief. The money seems safe. But for CS employees, on the other hand, things are likely to be difficult, yeah. especially in Switzerland. Yeah. Of the 17,000 employees in Switzerland, yeah, it's difficult to predict and also brutal to talk about it, but probably five to 12,000, if not 15,000, are likely to lose their jobs. Mm. And this is a tragedy and we feel for these people and their families. And this will have a tremendous impact on the labor market in the Swiss financial industry. Of course, yeah. And the merger will create a bank with more than 5 trillion US dollars in assets under management. So on the surface, UBS position as the leading global wealth manager based in Switzerland will be further strengthened for the time being. Um, but it seems plausible why UBS obviously tried to resist the takeover for a long time mm -hmm. because in the next few years UBS will primarily be yeah, concerned with itself and it will likely take a while before the uh, redundancies are eliminated a terrible sentence yeah. i know yeah yeah of um, course. and i already said that we feel with the people involved and affected and their families and during this time many of the bank's employees will be preoccupied with their own personal situation rather than with the bank's goals or above all the well-being of their clients mm. And many will also start looking directly for new career alternatives. And this at the beginning of this integration, this big integration that is now necessary, um, yeah, they are likely still needed. And this is certainly posing a challenge for the management of the new UBS. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, this new banking giant is certainly not an ideal deal solution in terms of the overall economic development in Switzerland and Zurich. And in many areas, the new UBS will have a monopoly-like position. Mm. And the consequence would have to be higher prices, inferior services. And in addition, such a giant has, yeah, this giant that has now emerged 
um, which in my opinion is not too big to fail. We all know this expression uh, uh, since, since the great financial crisis. It is now more too big to bail mm. because, yeah, we remember the old UBS was saved in 08. The old CS was now also saved. Could the new BOS also be saved in an emergency one day? Mm. Mm. I have my doubts. And simply put the size of the new giant in relation to the strength of the Swiss economy as a whole. Mm. And one last thought, um, the overall situation should open up opportunities. Mm. Also for houses like ours, like Bergos in different ways regarding potential new clients, but also regarding new employees. And I hope I'm allowed to, to talk about this, but that's also part of this whole topic. Mm. Till, thank you. I, it was a monologue, but I think one that was quite well placed and definitely succinctly put together. So thanks for those observations. Zooming out a little bit, if I may, I know it's a sort of almost vague question but what does this all mean for the big picture very good question uh, um yeah let's focus on on central banks okay because the emergence of the turbulences and they started in the u.s as i laid out had an impressive effect on interest rate expectations on march 8th Right before the whole thing started in the US, markets had expected that the key interest rate in the US would stand at 5.66% after the Fed meeting in July. But on March 13th, just three working days later, market expectations pointed to an interest rate of only 4.1%. Mm. So from 5.66 to 4.1 and 4.1% was about 50 basis points below the then current rate. And this shows that an exogenic shock like this um, yeah, can not only trigger increased volatilities in the markets, but also relieve some pressure on the interest rate front. The Fed will presumably be forced to admit that besides combating inflation, it must also deal with systemic risks. And the interest rate conundrum could possibly be alleviated by the current trend of inflation in the US. In line with expectations, the consumer price index rose by 6% year over year in February. Don't get me wrong, a terrible absolute number, but the smallest rise since September 21. And the core inflation rate has fallen to 5.5%. Again, much too high but nevertheless the lowest rate since December 21. And the recent year-on-year -year rise in uh, producer prices was likewise smaller than feared. Well, Till, but on the, in, the, in the short term, is this good or bad? Yeah, as a result, there is certainly a chance that the markets will positively welcome the fact that the Fed is now taking systemic risks more into account again and focusing somewhat less on fighting inflation. Yeah. In the longer term, however, the market's initial positive sentiment could sour. It is important to get inflation under control. We have spoken about this in this format many times. Yeah. And if the Fed is actually too quick to take its foot off the monetary 
breaks and does not raise interest rates further, inflation could become entrenched in the form of wage price spirals. And we expected that the US central bank would leave the Fed funds rate either unchanged this week or raise it by no more than 25 basis points. And the latter, of course, we are talking here on Thursday, mm. has now happened last night. And that could have been the last step in the present interest rate hiking cycle. And now the Fed is likely to refrain from further automatic interest rate hikes and focus on the incoming data. Till, shall we do what we always do and go through the asset classes? That's the reason why I'm here. <laughs> Great. What do you want to start with? Yeah, let's start with equities, mm -hmm. as always. Makes But sense, yeah. Yeah, one, one thing before we start um, with equities. I believe, as in 2022, a selective approach will be extremely important for investment success in 23. The wide divergences beneath the market surface should be exploited by actively setting priorities. Mm -hmm. And now coming to the asset class equities and the relative attractiveness of this asset class, based on the current gap between equity yields and bond yields, the famous yield gap, yeah. <laughs> it uh, cannot yet be said that equities are significantly more attractive than bonds. But that could change if bond yields fall further and we continue to prefer quality stocks in growth sectors. And if the interest rate hiking cycle is indeed nearing an end now, growth stocks in particular stand to benefit because their future profits would then be discounted at a lower rate. Mm -hmm. And in terms of geographical regions, therefore, we still see the greatest potential in the US, along with Japan, which seems set to continue its distinct monetary policy, And we give Europe a neutral weighting and remain cautious towards emerging market equities. Moving on to bonds and gold. Yeah, let's start with gold. We will continue to keep our gold allocation at least at the level of the strategic quota in our various strategies. Also in the midst of the current stress, gold has proven again to be an important element of any broadly diversified investment portfolio mm -hmm. and coming to bonds uh, since the end of last year global bonds have played a more important role in the bank's multi-asset mandates we we spoke about that in december and uh, yeah stocks and bonds fell in tandem in 2022 but now bonds are again acting as an antipole to stocks okay. making them a very useful portfolio diversification element And this trend has been obvious recently when the global aggregate bond index has gained on poor trading days for equities. And there were, yeah, there were many. Till, I mean, we covered so much now, right? Like this was, this was such a very in-depth episode that spanned a great variety of, of issues and topics. Before I let you go, would you mind tying it together a little bit for me at the end of this? Yeah, Let me try to to sum up uh, the last, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes. More uh, 20. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in a nutshell. So, as I said, financial markets remain volatile. The bank collapse in the US and the emergency rescue of CS are forcing central banks again 
to weigh the trade-off between systemic risks on the one hand and inflation risks on the other hand. Mm -hmm. And an end to the interest-raising cycle should help equity markets in the short term, but would also fuel the risk of persistently high inflation. And in this environment, and this is our key message, investors should opt for a selective approach and especially the factors quality and growth mm -hmm. seem to be important. Mm -hmm. And bonds, as I laid out, can again serve as a diversifying element in an investment portfolio. Yeah, and to end on a slightly happy note, I would simply like to repeat what I told you in December. Despite the current turmoil, we continue to believe that it's quite likely that both bonds and equities can ultimately deliver positive returns for a balanced portfolio in 2023, including significant volatility, of course. Till that is indeed a sort of hopeful almost note to end on. Thank you so much for that. And really, thank you for your time. I know this was an incredibly busy and very tumultuous week. So thank you, particularly today, for making the time to give us such amazing context and an overview. Um, yeah, that was, I think, needed and much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be part of the show. Oh, maybe I can also plug that you, this was why this week was particularly busy, also published your market commentary this week on Tuesday. So for anybody who would like to read a bit further, that can be found easily on our website under publications in your blog. Um, well, again, thank you. And let me also thank you, dear listeners, for listening. We wish you a hopefully calm and restful weekend. We will be back with more from Bergos now next Friday. Until then, have a beautiful and successful week. Bye-bye.